Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
we'll try to make up for it today. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. The George Wilder Journey Show is live. We're live. We're not podcasted. We're not, but we soon will be. I mean, it's it's great either way. Whether you're listening now, you're listening later, you're wherever you listen, as long as you listen to the George Wilder Journey Show. And once again, I want to thank those folks, beautiful people who have called into the show and just shared their stories. And and I tried my best to help in any way that I can. Sometimes you don't need money to um, to help someone, but you know, money always helps. But sometimes you don't really need. It. Sometimes you just need to understand people, to be patient with people, and to try to help them any in any way that they can. The other day I had some young people call into the show and they were having problems with this or that. And some of the problems that they were having, I had gone through it in my youth or, you know, maybe even now, but uh, I tried to help them and, and uh, showed them the way and uh, maybe they'll have a little, a lot of luck at it, you know? So it, it's great to have people call into the show who are looking, looking for someone to help them share uh, or try to help them uh, to go on in their lives. And I tried to do that because when I was growing up, I didn't have that. I didn't have anybody that I could look up to and ask questions of about things that related to life itself. So I understand when people, you know, call in and say, you know, you know, and uh, call in or, or somehow visit the show, visit the studio and just, you know, say, hey, George, I, what is your advice on this? What do you think about that? What do you, uh, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? <laughs> you know, and I try to um, oblige them, you know, I, and I hope that they go on in life and life, life gets better because this, this world, this, this America is about young people. It's about youth. The young, you know, teenagers, the 20-somethings, the 30-somethings, the 40-somethings, the 50-somethings. This is about young people out here. This is your world. This is your time. You know, I mean, people in their 60s, 50s, and 60s, 70s, 60s, 70s. I got to get this right, folks. (laughs) 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Hey, you come along, too. Do not let age be a barrier to anything, you know, I've, you know, you, you get kind of caught up and you get kind of sick of hearing people, well, I'm too old for that. I'm too old to do that. You're not too old to do a damn thing. You're just lazy. Uh, do not let age be a barrier. Do not let age be an excuse for you not to take charge of your life and take charge in getting your country back. Because there's no doubt about it, the Republicans are coming after Social Security. They're coming at well, I, they're coming after it, but it doesn't mean that they're going to get it, okay? Because close to the midterms, the Democrats are uh, getting uh, when the House of Representatives they can put a stop to all of Donald Trump's bullshit, and they could, uh, you know, check and balance his ass. So you know, so this is why we say get out there and vote, you know. <laughs> but you know what? They are coming after Social Security. This is what they want. A turtle face, 90-year-old uh, Mitch McConnell, I mean, he's all over the t- television saying, hey, yeah, we're coming after it because it's, it's an entitlement program, and they're saying that it's the cause of the deficit, which is not. Social Security, uh, uh, some of these entitlement programs are not the cause 
of the deficit. Stop. Don't let. Do not be listening to Fox News. Do not be listening to Mitch McConnell because they're lying. They're totally lying. I mean, you list. I mean, if you want to do some research, go to the uh, CBO, um, and uh, they will tell you there are so many uh, agencies within the federal government that are saying that no entitlements are not the cause of uh, an overblown deficit. What's the cause of the overblown deficit is the Republicans and their tax cuts. That is the cause. And Donald Trump's golf trips, uh, $77 million in a hole for his golf, all of this shit plays into the deficit, not Social Security, not Medicare, not food stamps, not any of these social programs that are dire for people to live. So do not listen to Mitch McConnell and the rest of these lying ass, jackass, evil ass Republicans telling you that entitlements are uh, the cause of the deficit. It is not true. These Republicans are just evil ass monsters who just want to hurt people. Period. Period. Donald Trump uh, during his campaign said he was not touch, touch, touch. <laughs> he said he would not touch uh, Social Security. Just like every damn thing else, he lied. The Republicans lied. The Republicans. They have been wanting Social Security for years. They have been wanting Medicare for years. And a lot of these jackasses in, in office, a lot of these jackass Republicans that are now in Congress, a lot of them are eligible for Social Security. But, hey, they're rich. They're robbing the government through tax cuts. And they want, they want you not to be able to go to the hospital. They want you not to be able to uh, – have health care. They want you not to be able to have Social Security. They say they're going to cut Social Security. The Republicans want to eliminate Social Security. They want to stop you from getting it. And even if they do get Social Security, even if they cut it, they eliminate it, that still will not eradicate the deficit. It will do nothing. It's just a tiny bit going towards the deficit, even if they do decide to stop your payment, your, your Social Security payment. It's not going to do much. And then they're going to look around for something else to blame. So this is why it's dire, folks, for you to get your ass up out of that chair and vote. And I've been saying this all day. Vote early. Vote early. Vote strong. Take someone to the polls with you who is registered to vote and vote. Take six or seven people to you. We got to we have to uh, – it has to be a tsunami. It has to – this voting, it has to send a message to the rotten, evil-ass, crony-ass Republicans that we the people will not take this. It, we have to blow them out. This has to be a blowout of the Republicans in, in Congress. Donald Trump will still be there after the midterms, but his ass will be grass with all these – indictments that's going to be coming down on his ass and all of these lawsuits that are going to be coming down on his ass because Mueller is waiting until after the midterms to submit his findings of all of this shit. Donald Trump will be grass. And for Joe Biden to be, to, to be out there saying that Democrats should not impeach Donald Trump, no, they shouldn't impeach him. They should make sure he goes straight to prison. Impeaching Donald Trump to me, which I think he solely deserves, and the hell with Joe Biden, 
I think he solely deserves to be impeached. But more so than ever, Donald Trump deserves to go to prison, go to jail for what he's done to America. He has, we have lost everything under this son of a bitch, and we're still losing it. Any other president would have been thrown out of office. If this was a Democrat, he'd have been gone months, maybe a year ago. But now they are aiding and abetting Donald Trump. Fuck America. To hell with what we say. To hell with what the people want. They're too busy kissing, lining up and kissing Donald Trump's ass. And they're proud of it. They're proud of it. To hell with what we say. To hell with what the people who voted their ass in office say. We don't mean nothing. The Republicans are coming after Social Security. That means the people who the people who voted for them who are on Social Security or will soon be able to get it are going to be fucked. These are people who voted for his ass. So if Donald Trump and the Republicans are going after Social Security, they think nothing of the people who are on Social Security who voted for their asses. He's the reason they're the reason why he's in there. The majority of the people who vote for who vote Republican basically are men. Seniors, old men, old people vote for Republicans. And majority of these old people who are voting for Republicans are on Social Security. And I said this the other day on the show. Why in the hell is, are people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s voting for Republicans when these Republicans are going to take away your Medicare? They're going to take your Social Security check, and you're still voting for them. I mean, you got some dumbass people out there who say, well, uh, well I just can't stand Democrats, so I'm going to vote Republican. Yeah, but they're going to take your Social Security check. They're going to take food stamps. They're going to take everything away from you. You're going to lose your house. But I'm uh, still going to vote for Republicans because I, I, I don't know what else to do. Uh, uh, Fox News, uh, yeah, this is the uh, mantra of, of, of what's out there. And by so many people voting for, for the Republicans, voting against their own interests, voting against being uh, thrown off Social Security – uh, homeless maybe <laughs> ending up homeless hungry and on the streets and in poverty it's going to impact a lot of everybody else you know i mean if if it's a lot of idiots out there that's voting for 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 the republicans to to take away their benefits that's going to affect the people who voted the right way because a lot too many people too many idiots out here who are going to vote to have your benefits taken away and their benefits taken away. And that's just totally, totally, totally ridiculous. I've, I've heard a lot of people say they're going to try to talk to their mother and father <laughs> if they can get them away from watching Fox News. They're going to try and talk to their mother and father because their mother and father, who are elder adults, old people, who are steadfast on voting Republican. So if you have a mother or a father in their 80s or 90s and they're going to vote Republican, you better talk to them. You better talk to pull them aside and say, Mom, Dad, this is not going to work. 
the Republicans that you're voting for and that you love, they're going to take away your Social Security check. And then you're going to get thrown out of the nursing home. You're going to get thrown out of uh, long-term care facilities. Because if you have to be in these types of uh, places, the first thing they're going to want to know want is your Social Security check. Without it, they're not going to let you stay there. I just don't understand it, and it still uh, just baffles me that some of these Republicans who are running for office as I speak, they're either one or two points ahead or one or two points behind, and that's still too high. That's saying that some people out there are voting for them. You vote for any kind of Republican. I don't care if it's, if it's a representative, a senator, uh, a Local races, they are out there to take away your benefits. Stop voting for people to hurt you because that's what it's going to – that's that's what it, it comes down to, people out there to hurt you. Stop voting for people who do not have your best interest at heart. I don't know. And old people, you know, old people, you would think they would know better. <laughs> Than to vote for people who are about nothing but to take away their Social Security check, their Medicaid, their Medicare, all their health care and benefits. This is what they want. Why are you voting for them? Ted Cruz is up two or three points. Why? Because there's some idiots out there voting for him. Maybe because they're watching Fox News and Fox News uh, – they hate Democrats and their viewers hate Democrats. But it's not the Democrats that's going to take away your benefits. Democrats are going to give you raises. The Republicans are going to eliminate Social Security. They want they don't want to just cut it. They want to eliminate. These are some evil bastards. They want to eliminate it. They don't give a fuck if you die. They don't care if you do, if you can't go to the hospital. They don't care. They don't care anything about that. And yet we have our older Americans putting these assholes back in office and all they're going to do is work against you. They're going to ignore you. They're not going to listen to you. They don't give a shit about you. Yeah, but you're going to put them, put them back in office. You know, so if you have an older, uh, like an aunt, uncle, grandfather, grandmother who are constantly glued to Fox news, you better put them aside. Because if this midterm go wrong some sort of way where the Republicans are back in office, you can forget it. They're coming after everything. Democrats coming after it all. They're coming after everything. Trump wants to be a dictator like his uh, uh, sweethearts are, Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, and other dictators around the world who just point their fingers and say something. You better do it. Or you're going to wind up either shot, dead, or in cages. This is crucial. This is crucial, folks. This is crucial. This vote is crucial. Pull your grandmother or father aside and say, do not vote for Republicans. Now, I know a lot of older people. In their 80s and 90s, they said they, they've been bloated, voting blue 
excuse me, they've been voting blue all their lives. And that's great. That's beautiful. But there's a few out there and Democrats and going to vote for Republicans just because they hate Democrats. That's the only reason why they're voting Republican. They're not voting Republican to try to better themselves or, or, or to make their lives better. They're voting for Republicans because they just hate Democrats, and that's a stupid, ignorant way of voting, voting because you can't stand the other party instead of voting uh, for your own interest. All right, uh, author Alan Thompson on the George Wilder Jr. Show, uh, making the world a better place. Sorry, folks, we weren't here yesterday, but uh, – there's always a plenty of podcasts you can listen to. And I keep going back to the uh, podcast where the truth Jones, I think I keep, I hope a lot of you folks have gone to his website, uh, maybe a little 13, 14 year old kid called in, called into the show. Hey, we were talking about bullying, but I, I went and checked out his book. It, it has nothing to do with bullying uh, that I know of. Because I haven't read it, but uh, in the introduction part of the book, it, doesn't really say anything about bullying. But anyway, hey, wow, maybe he wants to keep it a secret and just wanted to talk about it on this show, and he did a great job, and I hope he does come back. Come back. You know, you really don't always um, hear me uh, talk about a guest that's been on the show two or three, four or five days ago. <laughs> so, you know, uh, for me to be talking about him now, it's, it's uh, phenomenal. And I hope he accepted the link to the show because uh, people need to hear what he had to say and what we had to say about bullying on this show. So if you want to hear about that, I, I don't know if I have it in the uh, – I don't know if I have it on the marquee right now. I'm, I'm hoping that I do, but I do know the show is called The Truth Jones. And uh, you know, you sh it's, in, it's in the podcast. It's in the group of the podcast. Uh, if you want to listen to it, uh, go listen to it because I think it's just great, you know. And uh, most of the shows that I do and have done, I really don't go back and listen to any of the shows that I've done. It, it all depends on uh, the type of guest that I might have on the show in order for, for me to go back and listen to a podcast that I've done, you know. Because it, it doesn't matter whether I'm, whether I'm reading one of my books or stories that I publish, I don't even like to go back and once a book is published or a story is published, I don't even like to go back over and read it. I really don't. <laughs> because if I go back over and read one of the books or stories I've written, I'm always going to see something that needs to be changed. I could have said that a different way. That, sh that word should be out of there. There's too many commas right there. I'm always going to find something. Uh, even though the reader might write, might look past all of this stuff. I might see something. Well, that, that don't sound right. That, that. you know. So I, I really don't like. Just like I don't like listening to some of my podcasts. I, you know, oh wow, I'm stuttering. Oh my goodness, <laughs> am I really a really a host? I sound awful. You know, I, I'm more critical of myself than anybody else. You know, and I think that's good for anybody to be critical of themselves. And um, I was, I was, I had a guest on. Uh, a beautiful guest, a, a beautiful lady, a wonderful lady, Sherry Pape. Uh, I'm always seeing her online. I think I, I try to call her and I regard her as a good friend. And um, she's she's uh she she says that she's uh 
finishing up on two books. I'm I'm thinking, and and she has, and her books are going to be professionally edited. I edit my own books. I don't have anybody. I don't pay anybody to edit my books. You know, because I'm like Stephen King. Stephen King said he doesn't. He, he doesn't hire anybody to edit his books. He does it. He does it himself. And I'm not, you know, uh, criticizing Sherry or anything. Uh, it's just that I'm like Stephen King. I mean, if I'm going to screw up my book, if, if my book is going to be screwed up, it's going to be me. It's, I'm not going to hire somebody to edit my book or 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 to fuck up my book when I can do it on my own. You know, because a lot of ed- editors, what are editors? Editors, just, editors are just people. You know, I mean, uh, they're not, they're not gonna make your book godsend or anything. I mean, they're just gonna try and clean it up a little bit. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm, I write my books, I produce them, I, I, you know, I do the cover design, and I do the editing. You know, and before I put up the book, I edited and drafted about five, six, seven, eight times. But still, in that uh, little bit of window, you can still find mistakes in your book. I've seen mistakes in professionally written books, professionally edited books, mistakes, you know, by uh, authors uh, like, you know, uh, like mega authors. You know, I'm not going to call anybody name because I don't want someone calling here and say, damn, you're damn lie, George. You're going to see no mistake in my book. But, yeah, I've seen – I've I, because I am a reader. I'm an avid reader. As I'm a reader like so many other people out here are not readers. Uh, yeah, uh, there's mistakes all over the place, and these books were professionally edited. So, you know, my books, my stories are – you know, they are what they are, you know. But before I put – publish a book and I self-publish <clears throat> before I publish a book I'm going to make sure that it's going to read read the way I want it to read you know some books are written some some people might think a book is full of mistakes when it really is not you know it it's the it when an author writes a book it's that it's his voice or her voice you know, I mean, if you if someone writes a book and they're from Alabama, they're going to have that Alabama tint to that book. And if someone gets to read that book in New York, they may feel that, hey, wow, this is, you know, unreal. But it's not. It's that author's particular voice on that particular story that they have written and published. You know, if that makes any sense. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I got all kind of stuff popping up on my screen here. Okay, let me kind of click some of this stuff off. Stuff that I didn't do anything to have up on here. Just a lot of people who are trying to let me know stuff, stuff that I really don't care about knowing and don't want and do not want. All right, author Alan Thompson on the George Wilder Jr. Show. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. I'm reading this, <laughs> making the world a better place one show at a time. Be nice to one be nice to one another out there. It is so easy. People are always so hateful and so mean and so nasty to each other. It's a damn shame. We have to vote blue. We have to get the vote out. We have to uh, do this. Or it's over. 
it is truly over if we don't do this, folks. Um, these evil Republicans, they are not joking. They are not. They want to take away your livelihood. They want to take away your happiness, and they're going to do it with a smile on their face. They're going to do this all with a smile on their face and just as happy as they can be. So we have to um, make sure that we get out here and vote. Vote long. Vote strong. Make sure you vote. Make sure you have your ID. Or better still, make sure you at least have two pieces of ID. So in some places they ask me for two pieces. That's great. But always remember that voter suppression is in high gear from the Republicans all over the place. They are planning on cheating. Remember, they did not uh, earmark any funding to uh, pr- for protection of these elections. The Trump administration, they refused to uh, earmark any money uh, to protect our elections from being hacked, if you can remember and recall. So, but my thinking is, if we get out here and vote like we never voted before in our lives, no matter how much they try to cheat, and they will, no matter how much they try to cheat, it will not do them any good because the blue wave is here. The tsunami is here. Move. <laughs> the tsunami is here, man. It is here. And uh, we're trying to... Uh, Get a musical break going. Okay, we'll be right back.
All right, we should be back. Okay, we are back. We are back. We are back. We are. How you doing? You're on the George Wilder Jr. show. Hey, this is Alan Thompson. How you doing? Hey, author Alan Thompson on the George Wilder Jr. show. Thanks so much, man, for for uh, doing the show and coming on and all of that stuff. And we're trying to make the world a better place, as you can probably see. <laughs> I can. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks, George. No problem. No problem. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your book and what you and uh, your work. Uh, sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Alan Thompson, and uh-huh. uh, I'm the author of a, a novel which I published in March of this year. It's called mm-hmm. Creation Abomination. And oh. uh, let me tell you a little. Let me tell you a little bit about the book. It's kind of kind of got a cool name, Creation Abomination. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I just I describe it as a supernatural science fiction thriller. All right. Wow. And. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot wound up in there. So uh, uh, it has to do with cloning, good versus evil. It has moral and ethical dilemmas, and it gets really creepy. <laughs> Everybody it should be great for Halloween, that. huh? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for Halloween. Whenever I tell people that, and especially if people if they like you know a little creepiness uh, in the books and some yeah. major suspense, they always laugh when I talk yeah. to them. Uh, yeah. The premise of the book uh, – so the premise of the book, the main character, he's working on his doctorate degree at the University yeah. of Southern California, and mm-hmm. his thesis is to figure out how to heal injuries to the human body that are normally irreparable, like brain damage, uh, that kind yeah. of thing, using adult stem cells. And yeah. that doesn't work, but what he figures out is that embryonic stem cells do work, but there's a major mm-hmm. catch. All right, uh-huh. And these embryonic stem cells, they have to come from the person that needs healing. Mm-hmm. And that's a big issue because you and I, yeah. no one that's alive on the planet, we don't have embryonic stems in it, stem cells because we're not embryos, right? Uh, yeah. Those embryonic, those embryonic cells, they only exist in the human body for 18 hours in the process when an embryo is being formed. And so he comes to the conclusion that he has to create a human embryonic clone, harvest the cells from the embryo, which destroys the embryo in the process. You know, this this sounds like something that probably they were actually trying to do a few years ago. Oh, this this is something they're trying to do actively. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely okay. pushing the boundaries. <laughs> because of I remember and, hearing about stem cells and, you know, cloning and all this stuff a few years ago. And uh, uh-huh. you're saying that they're still working on it. They're still trying to come yeah. up with something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's something which they, uh, you know, they being scientists and scientific community that we've been working yeah. on for quite a long time. And I mean, it goes back to yeah. you know, like you know, twenty plus years ago when they cloned Dolly, the first sheep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they do it with animals, and and now they're doing stuff like where they're trying to clone, uh, you know, various organs of the human body for people that are, uh, you know, that need uh, replacements and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is, you know, really just kind of pushing the boundary. And taking it to the taking it to the point where they're actually trying to clone a an actual human life. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that that's going to be the next thing because I, you know, I haven't watched a lot of movies, a lot of science fiction movies where uh, humans were actually cloned, uh, but nothing uh, to reality right now. Right. You know. So and um, right. And that- I'm figuring they can actually do it. They're just holding out on us. 
<laughs> well, they might. I mean, maybe maybe a shoe's going to drop, and they're going to they're going to tell us. And and that's actually yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the interesting things is I wanted uh, when I when I wrote this book, it took me it took me about six years to write, and mm. uh, I did a year of research. So it was quite it was quite an undertaking because you know, it was my first book, and so a lot of it was just learning and and you know really kind of getting my writing style down and and figuring out how to uh, you know to tell a really good story. Uh, but on the front end of it, I did a year of research. Uh, wow. It was really important yeah. to me. Uh, I don't. I don't know if, if you're like to me. Get it right. I'm one of those people like if I. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. I wanted to be accurate and plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, like if I if I watch a movie or if I'm reading a book and I know a little bit about the science and yeah. then I'm kind of like, wait a second, that's that would never happen. That's impossible. It drives me crazy. And so <laughs> I just want to make sure that uh, it was sound and that actually adds yeah. to the creepiness of it because uh, yeah. the science is real. How many pages? You said it took you six years. How many pages do you have of the book? It's four hundred and thirty-four pages. Wow, that's so a lot. It's a, yeah, it's a beast. Yeah, it's a beast of a book. It's uh, it's over mm-hmm. one hundred eighteen thousand words, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, in that, and it's funny in that six-year process, a year and a half of it was editing, and that was yeah. that was like the biggest thing I underestimated. I thought, yeah, yeah, write a book, and then I'll just fix some grammar. No. <laughs> that was harder no, than writing. No, no, you 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 you've got to go through the whole enchilada uh, when you're writing a book because uh, you know. Uh, but I, but uh, as I was saying earlier, um, professional editing is good for some people. But I edit my own book. I mean, I, I edit mm-hmm. my own stuff, you know. And uh, and I always say that uh, if I'm going to screw up my if my book is going to be screwed up, it's going to be me that's doing it because I've known <laughs> because I've known too many authors who have hired professional editors and, you right. know, there were still mistakes found, you know, so. Right. Uh, so I think I learned something from that. I'm not saying all professional editors are bad. Some of them are very, very good, but you never know what you're oh, going to sure. get when you go well, out to try to look for something. Right. And, and a lot of times they don't understand exactly, you know, kind of the main point of what you're trying to get across or the, you know, the exact exact angle. And so they might butcher it. And then you're just like, yeah, they might change the whole, they might change the whole meaning of of the story. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So how are you, how you said you uh, published it in March. It's been out since March. Yeah. So I self, I self published in March. Uh, I made mm-hmm. it first available in digital format, and then mm-hmm. uh, I made it available about a week and a half afterwards in paperback. And technology is phenomenal. It's uh, yeah, you know, for everybody out there who's con- yeah, well, everybody who's considering doing a self-published book or something like that. Uh, yeah. it's it's amazing the the print-on-demand capabilities that's out there. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I go going to different shows and things like that to promote my book. And all, mm-hmm. like I ordered a couple hundred copies going to a show, and they literally had it to me. They had zero inventory at Amazon, and they had it wow. shipped to me at my house in a week and a half. So, wow. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just really cool. It is cool. It sounds very cool. How, how are people reacting to it? People are people reacting really good, actually. It's, uh, okay. it's, been, a, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, going through this because at first, you know, I published the book and then it's just like dead silence, right? You know, there's no, nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody, re- nobody responding. I'm like, okay, do I suck? Am I, am I not a good writer? I got no skills here. And then, and then I get a couple of reviews that trickle in and I'm like, okay, that's great. But uh, three of those people, they know me. And so maybe, yeah. maybe they're just being nice kind of a thing. And yeah. now, uh, so it's been about six months since I, since I published 
and um, I've sold just right around 500 books, a little bit higher than that. Wow! Uh, which, Congrats. Which I hear is good. No, thank you. And I, it's it's funny. You know, people ask me like, oh, like, well, how many books you sold? And I say kind of like, I sold 500. And I'm like, I wish I sold more. They're like, 500 is great for a self publisher. And I'm like, is it? it sure like, is. I don't, I don't really have a reference. Uh, but so that's that's really great uh, that I've you know, yeah. gotten the quantity out there. Um, obviously, yeah. I'd like to sell more. Um, but the of feedback's course. been really phenomenal. Kind of going to your, your original yeah. questions, like on Amazon, um, I've had 18 reviews, um, mm-hmm. and and it basically I have a so I have a 4.9 out of five uh, out of five stars. So yeah, it's you, been it's been it's been super well received. Uh, and I've got yeah, I mean, you, you have to be proud of that. I I am. Uh, it's it's funny though because you know it's like not until recently I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, yeah. for people to be like, okay, the, the people who read it were going to be kind to me, and now we're going to have the real reviews come out, and the people start hammering me. Uh, but yeah. that luckily hasn't happened, and I'll knock on some wood here. All right, Alan Thompson on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Do you have a uh, short excerpt that you can share with us? Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. Let me get – so this is uh, – uh, this chapter that I'm reading it from, uh, this is from uh, my book. It's chapter 23. It's one of my favorite chapters in the book mm-hmm. called Night of Nights. And whenever somebody, okay. like if I'm at a show like Comic Con or something, I tell people, I'm like, you got to promise me that you're going to read this chapter before you go to bed. And there's <laughs> people just like, what? I'm like, yeah, you have to read before you go to bed and then tell me how long it took you to fall asleep. And uh, they're like, oh, great. And so let me read uh, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit here. How long do you want me to read for? Like uh, just like a couple pages for you or, or just uh, a Maybe uh, or? Uh, uh, probably – give us about two paragraphs. Two pa- Okay. Um, so, so, so basically, so frozen with fear, Tara couldn't pull away from him, shift her, shift her gaze from his eyes. Within the dark pupils staring at her, she saw the same swirling blackness she had just observed in the night sky. The total darkness that was staring past her eyes into the back of her skull seemed to be lifeless, almost evil. I, I, she stammered helplessly, you what, he growled, something catch your eye. Still unable to shift her gaze, she felt acutely aware of her heart racing in her chest, and she could feel the heat of the amulet against her skin more intensely than before. She stood there completely motionless, as if paralyzed. There you go. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm looking for more. It was I know. that was intense. That was that was very intense, and it was just two paragraphs, and it was tense. And I would say, hey. Anybody out there listening to this show, go out in there and get this book because I was, <laughs> I was waiting for more. Whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me the, what's the next part? What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, what's going to happen? And that's what you want to do. You want to keep people in suspense so they would be uh, so, so – uh, I don't know what the word well, is, so, but so they involved. would keep so them in suspense, in so involved, right, so they go get, yeah. pick up the book. <laughs> Yeah, that was great, man. That was great, and you're saying this is science fiction, right? Yeah, so it's it's definitely science fiction, and uh-huh. uh, uh, it also has supernatural. So there's kind of the the good versus yeah. evil elements in it. Yeah, so uh, plug your book. I mean, plug it. I mean, uh, talk about how <laughs> it will be good for Halloween. <laughs> so because there's well, going to so be a lot of if, Halloween if, parties. So if you if you like the creepy part of Halloween. It, it's, it's not yeah. the blood and horror. That's I'm not a blood and horror kind of person. That's like, ugh, yeah. it's, that keeps me out even more. But if you like suspense, if you like uh, nail biters on the edge of your seat, can't wait to find out what happens next, uh, this is the book for you. Uh, it has a little bit of everything. Uh, it has, yeah. uh, I, I like calling it the creep factor. It has angels and demons. It has uh, science. 
it has uh, some serious bad guys in it. And uh, I've, I've had people that have read the book in one night after buying it, and you know, come back, you know, come back, meet me the next day at the show, like upset at me because they want the next book. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely something that I think people uh, will really enjoy reading. Are you working on the next book? I am. I am. So yeah. this is the it's the first of a three book series, and okay. uh, the second book will come out Christmas of next year. So I am okay. in the thick of it right now. Uh, I have the I have the entire storyline laid out, and uh, I've just recently kind of decided where I'm cutting book two and where I'm starting book three, and so now I'm I'm into the into the writing mode. Wow, that's great. That's great. And uh, uh, give us um, where we can actually find your first book. You said it's on Amazon. Give us a website. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so go, you can get. Yeah. So you can get the uh, the digital. Uh, and paperback on Amazon.com. All okay. you need to do is search on Creation Abomination. Uh-huh. And uh, even, if, even if you just go on Google, you search on Creation Abomination on like the first 10 results that will come up. Um, but if we, and then you can also, if we put your name, sorry? if we go to Amazon and we put your name in the text bar, will that book come up, Alan Thompson? Um, you know what? Let's, let's give that a quick, a quick little test here. Uh, I know if you do Creation Abomination, it pops up. Yeah. You do Alan Thompson. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ranking on that yet. Let me see here. If I do I would think Alan so. Thompson, do a quick search. And yeah, I'm number two. So I pop right there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you, so. you, can, and you can't mistake the cover art because the, the cover art is, is it's, it's beautiful. That's the only way I can describe it. I found a freelancer who actually lives in yeah. Serbia who did it. And uh, wow. it's, it's really neat. Okay. Because once the show is over, I'm going to go check it out, man. I'm going to check, oh, go check awesome. it out because I. I'm an avid reader. I am totally an avid reader, you know. So, uh, and I'm I'm always well, looking George, to be. George, you have to let me know what you think. <laughs> you bet I will. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, uh, give 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 us one more time where your book can be bought, downloaded, and and give us a website. Can your book be sure. purchased on your website? Uh, yeah, so you can you can go to uh, www.creationabomination.com. Okay. And uh, it's I'm not gonna spell it out because but it's it's spelled as it sounds. Creationabomination.com. Yeah, we can and do you that. Can purchase, mean... Yeah, you can purchase on there directly from Amazon, paperback and digital. And okay. you can also, if you go to BarnesandNoble.com, you can purchase hardcover. All right, Alan Thompson on the George Wilder Jr. Show. We will do that. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, George. Have a great evening. You too. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. We're having – okay, there we go. <laughs> you never know what's happening here on the George Wilder Jr. Show, especially when I'm sitting in front of a, a great big computer screen that sometimes wants to act right and sometimes it doesn't want to act right. And I have to try to figure out what the hell is wrong. Okay, we will be right back. I'm still getting pop-ups here. I want to thank Alan Thompson for being on the George Wilder Jr. Show and plugging his book. It sounds like a great book. Uh, I'm going to go check it out, folks, so make sure that you uh, check it out. You know, Creation Obama. Perhaps you've noticed we no longer have old people in this country. They're all gone now, replaced by senior citizens. Somehow we wound up with millions of these unfortunate creatures known as golden agers or mature adults. These are cold, lifeless, antiseptic terms, typically American, all ways of sidestepping the fear of aging. 
And it's not difficult to understand the fear of aging. It's natural, and it's universal. No one wants to get old. No one wants to die. But we do. We die. And we don't like that. So we shade the truth. I started doing it when I reached my 40s. I'd look in the mirror at that time and think, well, I guess I'm getting older. That sounded a little better than old. Sounded like it might even last a bit longer. But people forget that older is comparative, and they use it as an absolute. She's an older woman. Oh, really? Older than what? Than she used to be? Well, yeah. So? People think getting old is bad because they think being old is bad. But you know something? Being old is just fine. In fact, it can be terrific. And anyway, it's one of those things you don't get to choose. It's not optional. But that insufferable group among us known as baby boomers, ages 42 through 59 as of 2005, are beginning to get old, and they're having trouble dealing with that. Remember, these baby boomers are the ones who gave us this soft, politically correct language in the first place. So rather than admit they're getting old, the baby boomers have come up with a new term to describe themselves as they approach the grave. They don't care for middle-aged, so instead, get this, folks, instead, they claim to be pre-elderly. Don't you love that? Pre-elderly. It's a real word. You don't hear it a lot, but it's out there. The boomers claim that if you're between 50 and 65, you're pre-elderly. But I'd be willing to bet that in 2011, when they begin turning 65, they will not be calling themselves elderly. I have a hunch they'll come up with some new way of avoiding reality. And I have a suggestion for them. They should call themselves the pre-dead. It's a perfect term because for them, it's accurate and it's highly descriptive. By the way, those ever-clever boomers have also come up with a word to describe the jobs they feel are most suitable for retired people who wish to keep working. They call these jobs elder-friendly. Isn't that sad? God, that's just really, really sad. And so, to sum it up, we have these senior citizens. And whether I like that phrase or not, unfortunately, I got used to it. And I no longer react too violently when I hear it. But there is still one description for old people that I'll never accept. That's when I hear someone describe an old guy as being, for instance, 80 years young. Even though I know it's tongue-in-cheek, it makes my skin crawl. It's overly cute and precious, and it's an evasion. It's junk language. On CBS's 60 Minutes, Leslie Stahl, God help her, actually referred to some old man as being a 90-something. Please, Leslie, I need a small personal break here. One last pathetic example in this category. On the radio, I heard Matt Drudge actually refer to people of age. And he wasn't being sarcastic. He said the West Nile virus is a particular threat to people of age. Poor Matt. Apparently, he's more fucked up than he seems. Now, going to an adjacent subject, one unfortunate fact of life for many of these 80 or 90-somethings is that they're forced to live in places where they'd rather not be. Old people's homes. So what name should we use for these places where we hide our old people? 
When I was a little boy, there was a building in my neighborhood called the Home for the Aged. It had a copper sign on the gate, Home for the Aged. It always looked deserted. I never saw anyone go in. Naturally, I never saw anyone come out either. Later, I noticed people started calling those places nursing homes and rest homes. Apparently, it was decided that some of these old people needed nurses, while others just needed a little rest. What you hear them called now is retirement homes or long-term care facilities. There's another one of those truly bloodless terms, long-term care facility. But actually, it makes sense to give it a name like that, because if you do, you make it a lot easier for the person you're putting in there to acquiesce and cooperate with you. I remember old people used to tell their families, whatever you do, don't put me in a home. Please, don't put me in a home. But it's hard to imagine one of them saying, whatever you do, don't put me in a long-term care facility. So calling it that is really a trick. Come on, Grandpa, it's not a home. It's a long-term care facility. By the way, while we're on this subject of the language of getting old, I want to tell you something that happened to me in New York on a recent evening. I was standing in line at the Carnegie Deli to pay my check, and there was a guy ahead of me who looked like he was in his 60s. He gave the cashier a $10 bill, but apparently it wasn't enough. When the cashier mentioned it to him in a nice way, he said, Oh, I'm sorry, I guess I had a senior moment. And I thought how sad that was. To blame a simple mistake on the fact that you're in your 60s, even if you're just sort of joking, as if anyone would think a 20-year-old couldn't make the same mistake. I only mention this because it's an example of how people can brainwash themselves by adopting popular language. I wanted to pull them aside and say, listen, I just heard you refer to yourself as a senior, and I wanted to ask, were you by any chance a junior last year? Because if you weren't a junior last year, then you're not a senior this year. I wanted to say it, but I figured, why would he listen to me? After all, I'm still a freshman. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show. That was the late George Carlin. Hey, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The finest Internet radio talk show and podcast in the land of Illinois on the north side of the great, great city of Chicago. We are now on the air. Fun time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Have a great time.
I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump, or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly, and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice, from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon if Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough and he resigns. Or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans and more importantly more of a rallying cry to Democrats and the Republicans remove him before the midterms, and then, boastfully, run for re-election on having removed him. 
The fifth end game is the same thing, only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment, and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday, and you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct as not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims. It seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't say to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend, but it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing again recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next, from a woman here or from Russia. So, I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid a few. He might avoid six of them. He's not going to dance his way out from under all seven. And we, I think, should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it. And we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying, this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out, Virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped, and the ballgame was over, even though it would last another 13 months. Well, this ballgame is also over, and I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. And so this series is over. This was intended as something temporary, a two-month project by somebody who had given up politics. And instead it became 187 commentaries and around 225,000 words. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air.
I asked the question online. I asked it online and got a few responses. The question that I asked online is why are seniors voting for Republicans when the GOP will take their benefits? Uh, someone named Monica Harrison uh, replied because they're stupid asses, George. It, it, it's, it's tough. It's rough. But that's probably the reason why. And as I was alluding, alluding to at the beginning of the show, that uh, seniors, I don't know, they're senile, they're gone nuts, they're having a, their senior moments or whatever, watching Fox News, because majority of the supporters for Republicans are older Americans. And the Republicans are saying every damn day, that they're going to take away Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And you tell yourself, and you, you shake yourself. You say, why are senior Americans who are on Social Security, who are getting Medicaid, Medicare, voting for people to take away their benefits? This is mind-boggling. You're going to be in the streets. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your home. You're, going to, you're not going to be able to send your grandkids to college. Why are you voting for people who are going to wreck your fucking life? I, I just don't understand it. You're voting for people to screw you around. Now, as I've alluded to at the beginning of the show, a lot of uh, elderly people hate Democrats. They do. They just hate liberals. I mean, as I was saying yesterday, the day before on the show, that liberalism, liberalism is a bad word to Republicans. And they hate Democrats. Maybe that's the only reason why I can fathom to think why older Americans are glued to Fox News and believe everything from that propaganda machine that's being said I just don't understand it why would people vote for someone to make them poor send them straight to poverty land because this is what the seniors are doing now as I've said before there's a lot of seniors out here who are level headed and say they have never voted Republican, and they will never vote Republican. But you got some of these assholes out here who are just stupid, dumb, and ignorant, and just crazy, who are going to go out there and vote for people who are going to hurt them, who are going to make their lives worse than what it is now. That's nutty. I've had people tell, tell me on this show and Facebook and other places that they have their mother and father are Republicans. They're going to vote Republican. They are sitting there every night watching Fox News. And Fox News is saying, all they're saying is hate Democrats. Basically, that's what they're saying. And you wonder where Fox News dig up these people to come out and, and, and brainwash uh, seniors. Because that's what it is, brainwashing seniors. And seniors are falling hook, line, and sinker to this Fox News garbage, and they go out and vote Republican. Why do you think 
uh, Ted Cruz is leading in Texas. He shouldn't be. Seniors is putting this guy over the top. And Ted Cruz is going to be one of the seniors in Congress, one of the senators, excuse me, in Congress to vote to take away their Social Security. So I'm going to say this again. If you have a father, a mother who are in their 70s, 80s, you know, and beyond, and they're uh, voting Republican, you better talk to them. Say, Mom, Dad, come to your senses. These people are out to hurt you. They're not out to help you. Vote for the Democrats. The Democrats may not be any better, but they're not going to take away your Social Security. They're not going to take away your Medicaid. They may even increase your benefits. You may even – education may be improved, you know, because education nowadays nowadays is, uh, is, is a joke, I mean, it, it, it is totally a joke. I mean, you've got kids in public schools. You've got kids in city colleges. It's a joke. It's a joke. But education is the key. You know, it's a joke. Maybe the Democrats will find a way to make education a lot better and to make it free. Free. Demo- I mean, Republicans will never make education free because – they want you to be dumb. They want you to be stupid. They want you to be ignorant. They want you to be crazy. That way they feel that they have a hold on you if, if, if they can keep you stupid. And that's what they want to do. They want to keep you stupid, uneducated. Why do you think they hired Betsy DeVos to rip apart uh, the education in this country? Because that's all she's there for. That's why she was put there. She don't know anything about teaching. She don't know anything about college or elementary school, they put her there for one reason, to cut or to eliminate. And once again, getting back to uh, senior citizens of this country who are uh, letting the Republicans just run roughshod over them, uh, is ridiculous. And another thing, the Republicans are not on your side. Senior citizens, the Republicans are not on your side. They want your vote, but then they're gonna screw you. They're gonna fuck. They're gonna fuck over you. That's the bottom line. Why go out there and vote for people who are gonna make your life a lot worse than what the hell it is now? And I have been saying this in two or three other shows back. Uh, it's just mind-boggling. So, you know, I mean, young people, if you, if you talk to your grandfather, talk to your grandmother, talk to your great-grandmother, whoever's out there who's letting Fox News fill their heads full of shit, bullshit. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, making the world a better place, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> We're always trying to do that. All right, uh, be nice to one another out there, folks. It is so easy. It is really, really easy. Be nice to one, of them, one another. I see that uh, there are so many people out here and around the country who have uh, petitions, road signs, all about all over the place saying impeach Donald Trump. I think impeaching Donald Trump is too easy. It's too easy of a get off. I think the man should go straight to fucking prison. He's done 
so much to this country, and he's done so much to the people, and he wants to wreck it. I think he should go straight to the prison, straight to prison, and a lot of these Republicans in Congress should, in Congress should follow him because they're aiding and abetting, and they don't give a fuck. These people are obstructing justice right out in the open. They're traitors to this country right out in the open. They're not hiding it. They don't give a fuck. They think they're above the law. They somehow, you know, uh, they've got their get-out-of-jail ticket in Brett Kavanaugh because he's now on the Supreme Court. He's going to get them out of jail. So now they don't give a fuck. Unless Mueller and the FBI, uh, they do something, but nothing will be done as long as Jeff Sessions is the director of the Department of Justice. He's just as crooked, just as lowdown, just as racist as they are. So don't expect anything from Jeff Sessions pertaining to the Department of Justice and, and getting to the bottom of uh, Republican corruption, total corruption. It's just awful, the, uh, uh, the way we find ourselves, how we find ourselves in the world today. It's just awful. Okay, George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> it is less than three weeks from the date of this show. Uh, uh, to the midterms, right? Yeah, yeah, less than three weeks. I'm, I'm thinking from the date of this show, 19 days away until November 6th. 2018. Okay, so if you're listening to the show and that is past, you know you're listening to a later show, but still in all the shows are that I put on are pretty good, I think. I'm just saying this because other people have said that. Um, I know everybody is not going to say that because people are just mean and nasty and rude. What can I say? But the George Wilder Jr. show is always on the air. Let's see if we can do this. I don't know. Something's wrong with so this So obviously board, by now, know. everybody knows that Donald Trump went to the United Nations earlier this week, uh, gave his speech. Everybody laughed at him in the General Assembly when he started talking about how great and successful he's been as president. Uh, about a day later, Trump was asked about that, and he said, no, 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 no. They weren't laughing at me. They were all laughing with me. We were all joking around. We were having a great time. It was fun. They all love me. But more importantly, they were laughing with me, not at me. He was adamant that we know they weren't laughing at him. Even though when he made the comment, he then had to wait for the laughter to stop and said, didn't expect that response. They were laughing at you. And that's not speculation either. That's literally what they've been telling reporters since you gave that speech. BuzzFeed News actually talked to several of the diplomats who happened to be in that room with their delegations, and they admitted 100%, we weren't laughing with him, we were absolutely laughing at him. Here is what one Latin American diplomat had to say. Sometimes when we see a behavior or listen to arguments or notions that seem so far-fetched, unreasonable, or insane, there is almost natural reaction of laughing. Went on to add, it is not laughing at a good joke, but a nervous laugh or a bad joke turned laughable precisely because the guy who tells the joke doesn't realize how bad it is. That pretty much sums up Donald Trump, right? 
Uh, we had another European diplomat who said, what would resonate well at a political rally in America sounded a little awkward at the UN General Assembly. His words in the opening part of the speech were clearly addressed to a domestic audience, but as he did it in the Trumpian way, bragging ridiculously about being one of the best administrations in history, people in the audience reacted how they reacted. So we can now confirm pretty easily that yes, they think Donald Trump is a liar. As the Latin American uh, diplomat there said, he used the word insane to describe what Trump did. Not necessarily saying that Trump is insane, but that what he did there was absolutely insane. Then the European diplomat who comes out and said, why is he telling us this? This was nuts. Yeah, I'm sure that would work great in a rally, but you're at the UN. Not only is it irrelevant, but we don't care and we don't believe you anyway. Can we please just get down to business? This is one of the reasons why Donald Trump is such an ineffective leader on the world stage. Because he has no interest in international affairs or diplomacy with other countries. He just wants to talk about him. He just wants it to be about him, and he wants everybody else on the planet to care as much about his alleged victories as he does, even though really the man has such a short list of victories that he could carry it around on a tiny post-it note and just show people. But that's not who he is. This guy is all about Donald Trump, and that is that classic narcissism that we see coming out of him every time he gets on the global stage. And as long as this man is president and able to go out there and speak to foreign dignitaries and places like the UN and the G7 and all of that, as long as he's doing that, he is going to continue to be a national embarrassment and worst, a laughingstock around the rest of the world. And he makes us a laughingstock around the rest of the world. He makes us a laughingstock. This man needs to go. Donald Trump needs to go now. Vote, 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 vote. Long vote strong.
All right, we're back, and a listener sent in a question. Um, it's saying the question is, how necessary is a college education? I think it's very uh, necessary. Uh, the question is again, how necessary is a college education? And they want me to give my opinion. I think. Um, College doesn't guarantee you anything. It doesn't guarantee you a good job. It it really doesn't. But it doesn't hinder you from getting a good job. You know, I would probably say a college education looks a lot better next to a col- uh, high school education. You know, college is good. I mean, uh, you fill out an application, you send an application in online, the employer is going to look at uh, – uh, see how much education that you have okay one application says this person this applicant has only one has only a high school diploma the next application says this person has a two-year college degree an associate degree who do you think that employer is going to call the one the applicant with the high school diploma or the applicant with the two-year college two or three-year college degree and that person has received an associate degree. It's it's simple. It's elementary. That employer is going to go for the person who has college credits. So I do think it's important, really, really important, to get a college uh, education, and then maybe go on to a four-year university. And then some people. Just get a college education, get a two-year degree, get that associate degree, because in the city of Chicago, associate degree can get you a job in the fire department. It can get get you a job in the police department. It can get you a job as a social worker. If you have studied sociology, it can do that for you. Um, so, yeah, I think having a college degree, having some college, even having some college to get you uh, indoors where uh, – someone else just has a high school diploma. And then there are so many people out here who are just actually high school dropouts. But before you can go to high school, before you can go to college, you must have that high school diploma. And there's a lot of colleges out here that will help you get your GED. And then they will transfer you right into college just for getting that GED. But yeah, I think it's necessary to have a college education. I really do. Even even though college doesn't guarantee much anymore like it used to, you know, things change. The world has changed. America has changed. It's, it's, it's a different time. But still in all, um, yeah, a college degree is better. You know, it, it is. It, it totally is. It's, it's a lot better. Uh, you can get a higher paying job if you have a college degree, you know. More so than if you just have a diploma. And then you got some people who do not have any uh, uh, diplomas. And then when you think about it, you got some people out here who are high school dropouts. They got very, very good jobs. They got very, very good. They they make a very good living. They have homes. They have cars. And never, ever set foot in in a uh, college before. Or never, ever had thought about getting a college diploma. They're laughing at you and me because we've been to college and we have a high school diploma and we have all of this, these, 
all of this education, and they didn't have none, and yet they have more than what we have. And they laugh at you in that, in that sense. But still, in all, a college degree is very, very, very helpful. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not. Don't, tell, don't let people tell you to drop the hell out of high school, especially when you know better. Do not let people tell you a college education means nothing. They're lying. Uh, yeah, get as much, get, <laughs> excuse me, I can't talk. Get as much education as you possibly can, as your money will uh, let you, that, that would allow you. Get all kinds of training that you can get because it's going to pay off sooner or later. This is a tra- changing world, changing technology, changing every fucking thing because we have Trump in the office and we have Republicans who need to be voted out. Yes, a college degree is necessary for those who really want to get ahead in life. Of course, if you don't want to go anywhere, then hey, wow. <laughs> you don't need a high school education. You don't need anything. If you feel that you don't want to go any go anywhere, sit around and you know be lazy and uh, that kind of thing. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We are just about off the air, for folks. If I can get this machine, this uh, machine to working right, we we can be off the air. And uh, I want to say, uh, I want to say to everybody out there, thanks for tuning in. Whether you're tuning in now, whether you're podcasting a show, no matter where you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. show in the world, thanks for uh, uh, listening. I've had people say they call in from Australia, Spain, but a lot of these folks be lying. They are right around the corner calling in, saying they're calling in from Hong Kong or somewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people think that we're not up on it, that we don't know that they're, you know, uh, a lot of people call and they just lie their asses off and think we don't know that they're lying or think that I don't know that they're lying. I have a cutoff button right here. <laughs> you lie too much, I will cut you off. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we're just about off the air here, folks. I want to I thank my guest, uh, Alan, author Alan Thompson. Make sure you go check out his book. For Halloween, if you don't, if you if you've forgotten the name of the the title of the book, just write in the text bar Alan Thompson, and his book would uh, come up. Um, it's a four hundred page book. You know, I don't think I could ever write a four hundred page book. I mean, I just, I mean, some people can, some people do. Some I don't think I could do it, but I do what I can in the writing department and publishing department. So you guys also, if you're online checking out. Uh, Alan Thompson. Make sure you check out myself, George Wilder Jr. I have plenty of stuff up there. Some people call me a prolific writer. I don't know if that's an uh, uh, insult or, or or they're saying something nice. But prolific prolific writer means that you just write a lot, you know. So, all right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We will be back next week, folks. We got a whole slew of guests on the show. Wonderful people. Uh, like uh, Alan Thompson and the Truth Jones. Uh, we have those kind of folks coming on the show next week. Uh, you guys stay up, vote blue, vote blue, vote, you know, uh, get everybody around you, uh, make sure they're registered, take them to the polls. We This has to be a fucking blowout. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not, it's not going to be easy voting Republicans out all over the America, 
it's going to take some time, maybe some years, but we can do it. We can do it this time in America. We will never forget what the Republicans are doing, what they're trying to do, and what they hope to do. And all of it's negative to destroy America, to destroy uh, this country. Uh, all right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I want to say um, have a nice evening. Have a great evening. Have a great weekend. Wherever you find yourself listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, you have a great one, all right? And we will see you uh, next week with a whole slew of guests, brand new things. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.
tell you this. <clears throat> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.